Good evening and welcome to Road Trip Criminals, the show where we cover one crime from every state in the United States. I'm one of your hosts, Matthew. I'm here with my sister, Jessica. Hello, everyone. And today we are talking about the first state, first episode, first state. Uh, And we're talking about Alabama. Uh, We'll be going in alphabetical order. So before we start, Jessica, you mentioned you had some facts about Alabama, uh, the state, before we get into facts about murder and stuff. Uh, Yes, I have some fun facts before our not-so-fun facts. Tell me. All right. So, uh, the state of Alabama doesn't have an official nickname. It actually, it has one that I think is more known, but it has a couple others that are also known. So, uh, that's going to be the Yellowhammer State, the Heart of Dixie, and the Cotton State. Um, Yeah, okay. Two of those make sense, yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> so, uh, the Yellowhammer State is actually from the Civil War, um, mm. when Alabama soldiers, on their uniforms, they were trimmed with yellow. Um, and so they were nicknamed Yellowhammers because there's a uh, type of woodpecker in the area that has yellow feathers under its wings. So, gotcha. they became known as the Yellowhammers. And so they became the Yellowhammer State. <laughs> Makes sense. The Heart of Dixie is maybe a little bit more obvious for those who know history. <laughs> Alabama is, you know, the Heart of Dixie because Montgomery was the capital of the Confederacy. Mm-hmm. Um, which Montgomery is in Alabama, just in case that wasn't clear. <laughs> um, so the last nickname, the Cotton State, is maybe not as unique to Alabama, but it's called that because it's centrally located along the cotton belt. Mm -hmm. Um, And they had a lot of, you know, cotton production and cotton picking and all that uh, down there in the day. So, those are the nicknames. I know that uh, on the Alabama license plates, they... Let's see, I have it here. It's a a 1951 law required the Alabama license plate to display the word Heart of Dixie in a heart shape, which is super cute. (laughs) All right. Um, I I feel like I've never seen that on a license plate. Well, I wonder if they took them off. That would be a little sad, I feel. Although I don't see a lot of Alabama plates, even though we're one state away from them. It's true. It's true. I don't don't see a lot of Georgia. I see a lot of Florida. Yeah, those are the ones that I see a lot of because I'm always yelling at them because they don't know how to go around curves. But <laughs> it's true. It's very true. Very frustrating. Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't even, I can't think of what the Alabama license plate looks like, but whatever. I think most of the ones that I see, because I probably see some here at work, um, but they're like people who get the the different looking plates that they don't get the like regular state plates they get like the fishing and hunting one or whatever right. you know yeah which makes sense that those are the ones you remember because they stand out the most right yes um but also on the alabama license plates i'm not sure if it's all of them or just the regular ones um they also added the phrase uh stars fell on alabama and that was okay. from a, a song a 1934 song that was, I assume, popular. 
<laughs> popular enough to to be put on a license plate. Yeah, I mean, you got to be pretty popular to get that kind of prestigious honor. Yep. Um. So Alabama's motto is in Latin, but since I don't mm. speak Latin, uh, we're going to go with the English translation, which yeah. is, <laughs> we dare defend our rights. So. That sounds like Alabama. It does sound like Alabama. It's very on brand for them. Yes. So a couple more just quick facts for them. Uh, the state bird is the yellow hammer, obviously. Makes um, sense. Yep. But also the wild turkey. Just for funsies. Hmm. The state beverage is the uh, Konica? Koneka? Not sure. Uh, we're going to go with... I don't know. Uh, but Koneka Ridge Whiskey. Is it Konica? Um, it's spelled C-O-N-E-C-U-H. That might be Konica. I feel like I've heard Konica before. I feel like that as well. However... <laughs> I'm afraid to, to say anything definitive. Right. <laughs> Understandable. So we'll, we'll just, also, yes. not surprising, it's whiskey. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what our state drink is. Uh, I, oh, I don't think... Fingers crossed it's whiskeys. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's... Or Tennessee, it's like Jack Daniels or... Right. George Dickel there's, or something, you know. There's all kinds of whiskey distilleries around here. So um, many. The big one is obviously is Jack Daniels, but yeah. we can we can get to that later in Tennessee. Yeah. <laughs> um. So the state dance is obviously the square dance. Of course obviously. it is. Yeah. Um. The the state food is the pecan, the blackberry, and the peach, because they couldn't pick just one. <laughs> I mean, hey, if you got that many, you know, you got... I suppose so. Sure, why not? <laughs> um, oh, and the state rock is marble. Hmm. I didn't know they had marble in Alabama. <laughs> yeah, I'm... I suppose Alabama, like a, like a lot of the states along the Gulf, kind of have different sections to them where they're like... Here's the golf part, and here's... Right. As we move further north, it becomes quite different, so... Yeah, yeah. Well, that's all my fun facts I have today, so we can go ahead and move on to the not-so-fun facts. Cool. Tell me about crime. All right, let's get started. So, today we're talking about Audrey Marie Hilly from Anniston, Alabama. Okay. Um, online, she is referred to as both Audrey and Marie so I will be referring to her as Audrey throughout this, but if you see uh, anything referring to Marie Hilly online, it's, it's likely the same woman. Gotcha. So she was born on June 4th of 1933 in Blue Mountain, Alabama to Lucille and Huey Frazier. Okay. Um, skipping along a bit, on May 8th of 1951, Audrey married uh, Frank Hilly, and she was 18 years old. I'm not sure how old Frank was okay. at that time. A little sus, but all right. Yeah. Could be worse, I suppose. Yeah, he, he could have been 18, too. We never know. Right. Exactly. Um, Still so, don't get married at 18. Right. <laughs> Wait good, a little bit, you yeah, know. <laughs> yeah, give it time. They're not going anywhere if, they're, if it's meant to be. Right. 
Um, so on November 11th of 1952, uh, their son Michael was born. Okay. And then sometime in or around 1959, I could not find a definitive date for this, um, mm-hmm. but their daughter Carol was born then. Okay. Um, and around the time of Carol's birth, uh, Audrey and Frank were having some marital troubles. Happens. So, yeah, not good. But their issues stemmed from uh, Audrey spending a lot of money. She was very vain. She wanted the latest mm. fashion. She wanted gorgeous hair, you know, the works, right? I see. And yeah. so, yeah. So Frank had a well-paying job, and Audrey was working as a secretary, so she was also working. <laughs> but they still basically had no money because of Audrey. So Right. Caused a bit of, a bit of friction there. Yeah. So around those, that same time, uh, Frank and Michael began to suffer from stomach troubles, mm. um, which was diagnosed as stomach flu. Um, sure. Though that was also around the time that Michael went away to seminary and his mm. issues also went away while he was there. So he went to join the priesthood, I suppose. I'm not yeah. sure if seminary is specifically just for priest or any denomination. Uh, I'm not sure. <laughs> I think it's for any denomination, but... I believe I, so, yes. You I can't probably have say specific classes for... Yeah. <laughs> probably have specific classes for specific denominations, I would guess. Right. Or it's just non-denominational and you, you get your full training when you get to your job, right? Just like right, yeah. real, you know, or, you know, when you take college and then you get to the real world and you're like, I don't know how to do anything specific. Yep. <laughs> yep. Um... So in 1975, so we go from 59-ish to 75. Um, So in 1975, Frank returns home early from work one day because of his stomach issues. And he catches Audrey in bed with her boss. (laughs) Yikes. Yes. It's not not good. You never want to catch your, your spouse in bed with anyone, but... I think especially their boss. That's just like extra gross. I don't yeah, know. That's rough. That's. Um, but Audrey was sleeping with her boss because um, she wanted some extra spending money. So her boss would mm-hmm. give her some extra money if she slept with him. I think that goes against contracts. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh... It seems like it's breaching something. So, fortunately, Frank did not fly into a rage and strangle both of them right then and there. He actually okay. uh, turned to his son, Michael, who is now an ordained minister. Um, oh. So he turned to, you know, a minister for advice. Good. Which, That's a good thing yes, to do. Exactly. Keep your head cool. Go talk to, to someone you know, who you trust to give you some proper advice that isn't shoot them where they lie. <laughs> yes. Much, much better than the Andy Dufresne method. Of, <laughs> well, he didn't kill his wife, but you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Getting sent to prison for killing your wife is never fun. No. Try to avoid that if at all possible. Yeah, don't, don't kill your wife. Don't kill your wife. Or girlfriend. Or girlfriend. Or boyfriend or husband. Yep, no. <laughs> 
killing across the board. Not cool. Just, yeah. Uh, just a no-go. All, all the way across. No. Anyway. So, on May 19th of 1975, um, after he had visited Michael, Frank goes to Dr. Earl Jones due to his stomach issues, specifically nausea and tenderness in his in his abdomen, in his stomach area. Okay. Um, so the doctor diagnoses him with a viral stomach ache. Okay. Which sounds very 70s medicine to me. Yeah, that's that's a little vague. <laughs> viral stomach ache. It's <laughs> tad like, vague for a, a, yeah. a doctor's uh, diagnosis. Mm-hmm. Uh, so on May 23rd of 1975, Frank's condition just continues to get worse. It doesn't improve. So mm -hmm. he is admitted to the hospital um, where tests show, showed excuse me, um, a malfunction of the liver. That's in quotes, air quotes if you can't hear it. <laughs> malfunction okay. of the liver. So doctors diagnose Frank with infectious hepatitis. Oh. Okay. I'm not sure... Which hepatitis that would be, because I believe there's A, B, and C. Right. There might be more. I'm not sure. Might, um, I couldn't tell you. <laughs> right. Um, so I'm not sure if any one of those three would be considered infectious hepatitis, or if this is once again a 70s doctor, yeah. you know, a diagnosis that now that we know better, now we can classify them into A, B, and C. But back right. then it was just all hepat hepatitis. Yeah, so. yeah. Um, so, two days later, on May 25th of 1975, Frank dies from hepatitis. Oh. Um, Dr. Jones, who was Frank's first doctor that he saw that diagnosed him with a viral stomach ache, um, <laughs> requests an autopsy. Okay. Uh, which Audrey does give permission for. Mm hmm Um, so the autopsy revealed swelling in the kidneys, lungs... Bilateral pneumonia, which means pneumonia in both lungs, um, and inflammation of the stomach and uh, duodena, which is the first part of the small intestine. His cause of death was officially listed as infectious hepatitis. Okay. So, Audrey ends up collecting uh, $31,140 in life insurance, okay. which... Today would be about $150,000. Okay. And she quickly spends that. She's through that like nothing. Right, the lavish lifestyle, yeah. Yes. Very much into spending money. So, skipping ahead a little bit again from 1975 up to 1978... On July 27th of 1978, Audrey takes out a $25,000 uh, life insurance policy, which today would be about $100,000. Um, okay. But she takes out that life insurance policy on her daughter, who at that point is only about 20. <laughs> um, okay. Yep. So in August of 1978, the... Uh, $25,000 accidental death coverage went into effect. Mm -hmm. um, in April of 1979, Carol began to experience severe nausea. Uh, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm starting to get the feeling. 
Mm-hmm. Perhaps. Right. Uh, Miss Audrey isn't the victim in this case. It's, well, you never know, right? We'll just, you never we'll just know. Just keep going. But we'll keep going and we'll see. Let's call it a feeling. <laughs> so, from April to August of 1979, uh, Carol had gone to the emergency rooms, emergency room, multiple times. She was in and out fairly okay. consistently. Um, and unfortunately, treatment hadn't helped, and her health was quickly deteriorating. Mm. Um, so in August of 1979, Audrey gave Carol an injection in her hip that Audrey claimed would help with Carol's nausea. I don't think it did. <laughs> After the injection, Carol began experiencing numbness in her fingers and weakness of her legs in addition to the nausea. Okay. So, no, didn't really help the nausea. No. <laughs> I didn't think it would. <laughs> no. Giving suspicious injections usually don't help with anything. No, they don't. Uh, so on August 22nd of 1979, Carol is admitted to the Aniston Hospital by Dr. Warren Sorrell. On August 29th of 1979... Um, since he's not able to diagnose Carol's illness, because the tests that were conducted weren't able to find a disease. Okay, so not, yep. not hep. Yep, not the hepatitis this time. But due to not being able to find anything, Dr. Sorrell believed that the symptoms were psychosomatic and sent Carol to see Dr. John Elmore... <laughs> at the Caraway Methodist Hospital for psychiatric testing. <laughs> okay. So, sure. Yep. Yep. Since well, they couldn't test for it, it means it was all in her head. It yeah, must be a placebo. Yep. She's just faking it. Jesus. Mm-hmm. Thank God health, like, care has gotten better since the yeah. 70s. Yeah. Thank goodness. Well, I'm also grateful that um, they didn't just immediately ship her into, like, an asylum. I'm not sure if asylums were still open at this point, but... I think... I think they were starting yeah, to close, actually. Yeah, I think they were on their way out. Yeah. So, good thing asylums were on their way out, because... She probably, <laughs> she probably would have been there. shipped right into one, yep. So, uh, while she was at the Methodist Hospital, Audrey gave Carol two more injections... Uh, this time okay. telling her that they would help with her weak legs. I'm going to take a swing and say they didn't. <laughs> um, no. <laughs> <laughs> so, Audrey told Carol that no one could know about the injections because she was getting them from uh, an RN, a registered nurse, who might lose her job if anyone found out. Okay. And uh, later on, the nurse, you know stated that hmm. she never gave Audrey any kind of drug or medicine. <laughs> so You know, I think <laughs> I think my suspicion was right. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> I'll go ahead and confirm that. Uh, yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> good, good to know. <laughs> um, so on September 18th of 1979, Audrey asked Dr. Elmore what he believed was wrong with Carol. So, Dr. Elmore 
was the doctor she was going to see uh, for psychiatric testing. Okay. Uh, Dr. Elmore said that Carol was suffering from malnutrition and vitamin deficiencies uh, and that lead or other heavy metal poisoning might be the cause. Okay. So, <laughs> An actual doctor. Good. It, you know what? He had an actual diagnosis. He didn't think it was just all in her head. <laughs> Which, I guess, he might know better because he actually knew what was going on inside people's heads. So right. yeah. he could tell that that wasn't the issue. <laughs> it wasn't a placebo. Yes. Christ. Um, so after hearing Dr. Elmore's diagnosis, uh, Audrey had Carol discharged from the hospital that afternoon, uh, which was against Dr. Elmore's recommendation. Uh, yeah, that's not smart. Yes, yeah, especially it's a little, since a little her suspicious. condition kept getting worse. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so Dr. Elmore stated that in his opinion, Carol was in worse condition than, uh, she had been in when she was admitted. Right. So she should not have been taken out of the hospital. <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> uh, uh, so, yes, the next day, September 19th of 1979, uh, Carol is admitted to the University of Alabama Hospital in Birmingham. Okay. Um, that same day, Audrey was arrested for writing bad checks, specifically bad checks to the company that had Carol's life insurance policy, uh, which caused the policy to lapse. So, so, so she really did spend all of it, huh? Yep. And now <laughs> she's... a penny to her name. Now she's not even able to cash out her daughter's death. Jesus. Yep. Yep. That's that's a little messed up. Well, more than a little, I think, but sure. Oh uh, yeah, <laughs> you know, I'll I'll agree with you. <laughs> it's not not the best look. Yeah. Uh, so her her doctor at the Alabama hospital was uh, Doctor Brian Thomas. Okay. So. On his initial examination, he discovered that Carol's hands and feet were numb, and she had mm. nerve palsy causing foot drop, and she had lost most of her deep tendon reflexes. Okay. Um, also on her finger and toenails, she had mise lines, which are those white lines you get. Well, you shouldn't get, but they're white lines on... Your, your nails on the, um, you know, the part where your, your skin is under your nail. You know, sometimes those are caused by, you know, bending your nail back or whatever, and those are fine. Those aren't mise lines. Uh, mise lines are a potential symptom of heart failure, Hodgkin's, chemotherapy, leprosy, carbon monoxide poisoning, or arsenic poisoning. So, if you do have those white lines, maybe get them checked out. Are they Might like, not be a good thing. Do they have to be, like, pronounced? Because I've got a little bit of those. Um, I, I do think that they have to be fairly pronounced, and I'm not sure if there's, like, a specific pattern to them. You'd have to look more into what Mies lines specifically looked like. Right. Because I've got, um, I got a little bit of that. Yeah. I remember when uh, I was young, they used to call them calcium lines. If you right, had, yeah. like, too much calcium you'd get lines on your fingernails. So, I don't know if that's true or that was just something people said. 
could be. I, 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 I can't say I'm an expert. This is the first right. I'm hearing about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Dr. Thompson ended up mm -hmm. con uh, conducting tests on samples of Carol's hair and discovered that it had around 50 times the normal level of arsenic. Um, which, okay. there, it, there is a normal level of arsenic. Right, yeah. Of course, because so, it is a it, like a natural element thing yeah, that's found. The, it's on the periodic the table, yeah. Yes. Um, so there is a, a normal amount, and hers was 50 times that. So. Yeah, I, uh, I don't think that's a placebo. No. <laughs> so, after seeing that, uh, Dr. Thompson diagnosed her with arsenic poisoning. <laughs> Smart, yeah. Good. Yeah, yeah feel like it was a little obvious but you do you man hey. <laughs> I, I don't know <laughs> so due to that diagnosis on October 3rd of 1979 uh, Frank's body was exhumed and H. Mm. Uh, Chip Walls from the Alabama <laughs> Department of Forensic Sciences uh, tested for arsenic. Okay. Yeah. Smart. So, yes. Uh, so tests on Frank showed high levels of arsenic from 10 times the no normal level um, in the tested hair samples to 100 times the normal level in his toenail samples. Yikes. So, <laughs> that's, that's, had, uh, that's uh, you know, that's quite a bit. <laughs> yep. Had quite a bit of arsenic in him. That is a lot of arsenic. <laughs> Uh, so after seeing the results, uh, Dr. Joseph Embry from the Alabama Department of Forensic Sciences uh, concluded that Frank's cause of death was acute arsenic poisoning. Okay. And that he had suffered from chronic arsenic poisoning, uh, meaning that he had been given arsenic for quite a while before his death. Yeah, regularly. Yes. So. Um, so. Okay. Yes. Uh, in case you were wondering how they confused hepatitis for arsenic, I do have their symptoms here, so you can... They're mm -hmm. similar enough that I, for the 70s, I could see why they might have gotten confused. Sure. Um, so, for hepatitis, there's pain in the abdomen, joints, or muscles, uh, mm -hmm. diarrhea, nausea or vomiting, fatigue, fever or loss of appetite, dark urine, itching, weight loss, or uh, weight loss in yellow skin and eyes. So any of those okay. show up with hepatitis. For arsenic, there's abdominal pain, vomiting, diarrhea, dark urine, dehydration, cardiac problems, uh, hemio hemolysis. Hemolysis? <laughs> Go on sure. with that. Uh, hemolysis, which is the destruction of red blood cells, vertigo, delirium, shock, and uh, death. The death always gets me. It's, yeah. That's my favorite <laughs> symptom. <laughs> um, but if, if it's taken long term over um, or at lower rates over long term, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so they can have skin changes where it can become darker or discolored. There's redness, swelling, bumps, the mise lines. Um, right. uh, sensory and motor nerve defects, and 
liver kidney function is affected. Gotcha. Uh, there you go. So there's there's enough similarities that I'm, sure, I'm willing yeah. to forgive the 70s doctors. Yeah, I mean, also I don't think typically, uh, like, I'm not a doctor, but I don't think typically, uh, like, poisoning is like a go-to diagnosis right. you know yes like you typically look the first thing inside they tested the body for. and then if just nothing else matches up then you look at outside sources right so maybe they just didn't think of it which right. sounds bad but it's it's understandable right it's maybe not forgivable but understandable right he he did die um, yes. Could they have helped him with a hundred times the the normal limit? Probably not. But no, and and he did die two days after he arrived at the hospital. Right. So so he he definitely had a big dose before he went. Yes, he was at at the end of his his line basically. Right. Um, but getting back to the story, um, on October sixth of nineteen seventy nine. Uh, Frida Adcock, which was Frank's sister, mm-hmm. found a medicine vial in a cosmetic bag um, at her mother's house, specifically in a back room where Audrey had kept her things when she had been staying there, because Audrey had moved around a bit, stayed here and there, stayed mm-hmm. where she could. She was couch surfer, I suppose. Right. Um, but while she had been staying there, um, she apparently had left some stuff in her room. Mm-hmm. So... Frida turned the vial over to the police, and the police analyzed it and found the presence of arsenic in it. Gotcha. Surprise, surprise. Surprise, surprise. (laughs) I never would have guessed. Yeah. Also, maybe, if you're gonna poison some- or just kill someone in general, don't hide the murder Mm -hmm. weapon in someone else's house. (laughs) Like. Yeah. Especially in a room you've been staying in. Like, that's- that's just not smart. That's no. Audrey, you know. Step up your game, girl. Yeah, like, that's, that's not smart. No. Although, if you do murder someone, please do it so that we can catch you. Oh, right, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. You definitely. can be caught. <laughs> yeah, make make plenty of mistakes. But, yes. if you're trying to get away with murder, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> don't give advice to the murderers. Well, I, I would never. I'm. This is <laughs> <laughs> hypothetically. Hypothetically, okay. If Audrey were to try and hide shit, don't do, do it. Do it better. Yeah, <laughs> like just toss it. Like just yeah, just yeah. dump it out and and throw it in the trash or something. You know, flush it down the toilet. Yep. Like don't leave it in someone's house in the room you were staying in. Yeah, little, little uh, lack of, of foresight, I suppose, there. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> oh, goodness. So on October 9th, three days after uh, Frida found the vial, mm-hmm. um, Audrey, who was still in the Aniston City Jail for her bad checks, um, right. was arrested for the attempted murder of her daughter. Good, yeah. So, her purse, which the Aniston police already had possession of, because she mm-hmm. was there in jail, they searched right. it, 
And they found another medicine vial, uh, which was sent in for testing, and found to have arsenic traces in there, too. Okay. Yep. Also, another note for for <laughs> any killers out there. Don't hide the murder weapon in your purse. <laughs> just keep it there. What? Well, she wasn't expecting to get arrested. I mean, yeah, I mean... but still. <laughs> like... How... Just leave it at home. Well, how else was she going to carry it to and from wherever she was to inject her daughter with? Not a good look. No. No. So, now, moving on to October 21st. Mm -hmm. uh, Frida. Right. Finds a bottle of Crowley's rat and mouse poison in some of Audrey's belongings, um, which had been stored in Frida's basement. Once again... From a time that Audrey was moving around. Mm hmm So, she turned that over to the police, and mm -hmm. Tess revealed the presence uh, of between 1.4% and 1.5% arsenic solution. So... I mean, hey, rat, rat poison is already, like... It sounds silly, but that, that, that'll kill you. Like... Yeah. I, I had a friend who almost died from rat poisoning. Oh my god. Yeah. Is, uh, he, he went to some local restaurant and his burger had rat poison in it and he almost oh died. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah. Like, did they drop it on the floor before uh, they gave it I, to him? This was a couple years ago, so I don't remember the full story. But, right. uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't remember what happened. Yeah, that's one of those things that you're like, how does that occur? But, uh, but yeah, he, he was in the hospital for like, a while yeah jeez. so i mean that alone is is really rough and he was like a big mm -hmm. dude so he, he yeah he could take a dose you know yeah but that mixed with arsenic for a young woman mm -hmm. not good being injected with it <sighs> potentially yeah yeah that's Ugh, the thought of it just... Yeah, I don't like shots in the first place, no, but no. the thought of being shot up with arsenic or rat poison <laughs> just... That sounds horrible. Ugh, yeah. Poor Carol. Yeah. So, on October 25th of 1979, Audrey was indicted for the attempted murder of her daughter. Good. Yes. On November 9th, of 1979, Bond for Audrey was approved, and she was released from jail. Okay. On November Where'd she 11th, get the money? <laughs> well, she probably asked relatives. You know? I, I guess, but... Well, if you're indicted on... If I had a family member indicted on... <laughs> allegedly attempting to murder their daughter by syringe feeding rat poison to them yeah I, I don't think i'd offer them any money no but you know how families are sometimes they're like oh it you know it can't be true or whatever I guess. the doctors were wrong or whatever even though frank was also yeah suspiciously I, killed yeah, that's, that's another nail in the coffin right there that's yeah that's not not good uh especially if Audrey is the only one who never showed any symptoms. Um, it's true, yeah, because the son did too. The son did as well before he went to seminary, so he 
was potentially also on her hit list before he managed to escape. Hey, that's, I think that's what the kids call divine intervention. <laughs> it is. That's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Oh, goodness. So, on November 11th of 1979, uh, Audrey's attorney, whose name was Wilford Lane, uh, okay. took, her, yep, took her to stay at the Birmingham Roadway Inn. Uh, mm -hmm. She checked in under the alias of Emily Stevens. Okay. Uh, she claimed she was afraid of retaliation from Frank's sisters and asked to be moved to another hotel. And she made phone calls to unspecified relatives uh, asking for money. So okay. I guess that's where she got her bail paid out. Apparently. For. Yep. Um, which I also hope that part of that was that she ha could not have contact with her daughter. Yeah, I should hope so. I would really hope. <laughs> One would hope. But you never know. It was the 70s. That <laughs> is true. <laughs> so, on November 18th, uh, Wilford Lane and his wife go to the hotel that Audrey was staying at for a yeah. meeting that Audrey had set up with them. I don't like where uh, this is going. When they arrive, they find Audrey missing. Yep. <laughs> with a note indicating that she... May have been kidnapped, and, uh... Oh? Yep. So that was okay. in the hotel room along with her belongings, so... You know, if you're kidnapped, you can't bring your belongings with you. I Typically, um, the kidnapper would take the belongings to, you know, like... Yeah, you know. Like, take the money or something. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, she was reported missing, but uh, evidence indicated that Audrey had just left, and... Made up the kidnapping. Mm -hmm. So, police weren't fooled. Right. Better luck next time, Audrey. Good. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. on November 19th, the day after her alleged kidnapping, um, there was a break-in at Audrey's aunt's home. Mm -hmm. um, so, a car, women's clothes, and an overnight bag were... All taken. Okay. There was also a note that read, Do not call the police. We will burn you out if you do. We found what we wanted and will not bother you again. <laughs> End quote. We found what we wanted. Some clothes and a car. <laughs> and an overnight bag. Yeah, oh, of course. That, that was probably it. <laughs> yes. Um... So, the part where it says, we will burn you out, is very odd phrasing for one, but yeah, it, um, it also comes back to something that uh, Audrey was suspected to have maybe done, which uh, is that there had been two arson-related fires before. Oh. Uh, one, when Frank was still alive. And another, when Carol and her grandmother were alone in the house. I and see. And so, it's speculated that Audrey set the fires to try to get rid of her family, because she seemed to really hate them. <laughs> okay. Yep. Arson, arson's easy to tell, you know? Like, mm -hmm. even in, especially in the 70s, like, even in, like, the 40s, it was easy to tell when someone committed arson. Yeah... Uh, so that's probably why she resorted to poisoning. Yeah, yeah. Well, 
the fact, fact that she tried to do it twice is still a bit baffling. Yeah, I, you know, I don't, I wouldn't call her a mastermind. It's true, it's true. So, uh, January 11th of 1980, Audrey is uh, indicted in absentia for Frank's murder. Mm -hmm. So she is still indicted Good. for that. Yeah. Um, so investigators ended up testing Audrey's mother and Audrey's mother-in-law's bodies for arsenic, mm -hmm. but um, which they found a significant but not fatal amount in them. So Okay, so she was trying to poison them too. Right. Or who's to say they just happened to be poisoned while visiting or something? Sure. Sure. If she was, like, putting it in the drinks or whatever, she might yeah. just be serving it to people. <laughs> to whoever. I guess, yeah. Um, so they also tested one of Carol's friends who had died due to unknown causes. Um, her name was Sonia Marcel Gibson. Okay. Um, so she died in 1974 when she was 11. Oh. Um, <laughs> yes. So young. Very young, and they couldn't tell what her cause of death was, so they tested her for arsenic just to make sure that Audrey wasn't killing neighborhood children as well. Jesus. Um, so her remains contained only a normal amount of arsenic. Okay, good. Fortunately, I guess. Good. Um, yeah, well. Maybe unfortunately. A child dying they, is never good, but at least. Right. At least she wasn't murdered and, and died horribly from arsenic poisoning, but yeah. they still, I guess, didn't know what her cause of death was, which is unfortunate. Right. Um, maybe it was hepatitis. Who knows? <laughs> maybe it was hepatitis. Um, but many of the Hillies' neighbors' children had actually become ill after drinking something they had been given while visiting the Hillies. So, so she, she was just poisoning everyone. She went full, certainly seems that way. She went full like Sweeney Todd. Like she, she, she was. She had an epiphany and just started killing everyone. <laughs> yep. Okay. That's, yep. that's, okay. Mm-hmm. So, in February of 1980, Audrey, who is now going by uh, Robbie Hannon, meets okay. John Greenleaf Holman III, uh, mm -hmm. which is certainly a name. That is um, a name. But she meets him in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Okay. Um, in March of 1980, uh, Audrey and John move in together. So, oh. about a month, <laughs> they move in together. This will end well. Oh, yes. Uh, Audrey gets a job as a secretary at an accounting firm in West Palm Beach about the same time. So, mm -hmm. hopefully she's not sleeping with her boss this time, but you never You know, know wouldn't put it past her. <laughs> nope. Uh, so, October of 1980, Audrey and John moved to New Hampshire. Mm, okay. That's <laughs> a good seems, bit further from, than Florida. Yeah. That's, and it seems kind of sudden. From yeah. They met each other in February, and in October, they're moving all the way, you know, up to the Northeast together. Yeah. That's not something you... Not something you should do. Right. Hopefully not something you would typically do. 
No, I don't think so. Uh, so, May 29th of 1981, Audrey and John marry. So, oh. they knew each other for a little over a year. Okay. They'd already moved in together and moved across multiple states together. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, they've so, had a... Uh... <laughs> They've had a wild ride in that year they've been together. Yeah. So, sure, yeah. Yep. So, um, during this time, Audrey is also frequently telling John about her twin sister, Terry, who lives in Texas. Okay. I've got a feeling this is a lie. Uh, I'm not sure why she would actually have a twin sister that lives in Texas, but you never know, I suppose, with Audrey. (laughs) Who knows? Who knows? Um, so, late in the summer of 1982, I don't have a specific date, sorry, um, Audrey tells John that um, she had family business to take care of and a doctor to see about an illness. Okay. So, now going by Terry Martin, she traveled to Texas and Florida. Okay. And while traveling... She called John and told him that Robbie, which is the name she was going by uh-huh. with John, uh, Robbie had died in Texas from a blood disease and that there was no reason for him to come down uh, because her body had been donated to medical science. What? So no reason to come to the funeral. There was no funeral. <laughs> oh, man, that's. <laughs> OK, I mean. Yes, <laughs> unspecified blood disease is what got her in the end. What what really gets me is the don't come down. She mm-hmm. we do, we donated a body to science. I know you're her husband, but right. We uh we figured we wouldn't go through you or let you know that she had died before we donated her body. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, that's 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 something. That's something. Perhaps, perhaps the cherry on top is that John doesn't seem to question any of that. He just went along with it. He's like, okay, guess I want to go and find her body. Okay. Okay. John's just living living the, the relaxed life. He goes with the flow. He's just living his best life, I guess. You know, I wish I could live like John. Yeah, we sometimes all, it'd be nice. We could all be a be a little more John. (laughs) Okay. Alright. Are you ready for this? I'm ready. Tell me. So, on either November 12th or 13th of 1982, uh, Audrey returns to New Hampshire to see John. She is posing as uh, Robbie's twin sister, Terry. Of course. Which... You know, at least she had gone to a little bit of effort to, to change her appearance. She had lost uh-huh. 20 pounds and dyed her hair blonde. Okay. <laughs> and John goes along with it again. Sure, of course he does. Oh, wait, well, hold on. Yeah. Uh, how, how long after her... How long after they got married did this happen? So they got married on May 29th of 1981, and they met in March okay. of 1980. Right. So they had known each other for two, getting close to three years. 
Okay, so I've I've been dating my girlfriend for for right around two and a half years now. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. If I heard she died, right, and then however long late what six months what what how long was it? Uh, it just says late summer, and then November is when she returned. Okay, so so. so Couple months. A, a few months. Four, five, six months later. Um, a girl who looks exactly like her. Oh, uh, blonde and lost but, 20 pounds. Yeah, yeah, but she's a bit skinnier and her hair is blonde. I think I'd still recognize her. <laughs> <laughs> well, what if she had been telling you that she had a twin sister and this other girl introduces herself as her twin sister? Well, in fairness, she has a sister, but I've met her sister, so... Well, you know, what if you hadn't? What if she was just saying, oh yeah, my, my sister, my twin sister that I have named... Whatever. I can't think of her name off the top of my head. I think I'd and still then, be able to tell. You would hope. You would I hope mean, a bit. I mean, look, I would never talk bad about John. <laughs> Maybe he was just grieving. Yeah. He he Might seems just... like he seems like a lovable dude. Yeah. Maybe he was grieving. He didn't think about it, and he, by the time it the thought crossed his mind, he's like, "Well, too late now." I could be, could be. But he, you know, he might have just been thrilled to see someone who looked like the woman that he loved. Right. Yes. What a guy. What a guy. That John. Poor gullible John. Oh, goodness. All right. So on November 13th of 1982, Mm. uh, an obituary for Robbie is run in the Keene Sentinel newspaper. Okay. Um, So, um... Audrey and John's friends had become suspicious of Terry, mm-hmm. uh, which is good because John's still not suspicious at all. Bless his so, heart. Bless his heart. <laughs> <laughs> so their friends pass along their suspicion uh, or their suspicions to the police, which uh, fortunately is enough to start an investigation, apparently. The police do start looking into it. So that was around November. November, December time. Mm -hmm. So January 4th of 1983, Detective Barry Hunter from the New Hampshire State Police uh, began an investigation into the death of Robbie. Mm -hmm. Um, He's not able to verify any of the information in her obituary and so he became suspicious of Terry believing that she was actually Robbie and that she had staged her own death. What a surprise. And then returned for some reason. <laughs> what a surprise. I'm not quite sure why she would go to the effort of staging her own death and then returning though. That's a bit yeah. odd to me. <sighs> I said it before I'll say it again. I don't think I don't think she was a mastermind. Maybe she just missed John. 
Maybe. Maybe. I mean, hey, I mean, come on. <laughs> it's John we're talking John. about here. <laughs> yeah. Dumb as a brick, but man, is he a sweetheart, I guess. <laughs> God bless him. <laughs> he a little confused, but he, he get the point. Yeah. Oh, goodness. Uh, so the police found Terry, in quotes, um, at her job as an executive secretary at the book press in Vermont. Uh-huh. I'm not sure if she was living in Vermont at that time or she was traveling from New Hampshire. If she was living with John again, what was going on there? So. Right. She, yeah, could have been near the border. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure where in New Hampshire they, they had lived before. Mm-hmm. Um, so on January 12th of 1983, Detective Hunter and FBI Special Agent David Steele bring Terry Martin okay. in for questioning. So, uh -huh. she's brought in for questioning and pretty much immediately admits that she's actually Audrey Hilly uh, and that she's wanted in Alabama. Just puts it right on out there for them. Okay. She apparently just can't stand the pressure you know that that really does say something about how little john questioned it yeah if she's so willing to admit it to the police well maybe she was more intimidated by the police than john you know that's understandable but, yeah but, but i still. also assume that john asked Zero questions in any of this. Right. So. He's a go-with-the-flow oh. sort of dude, you know? He just goes with how it goes. All right. So on January 19th, um, Audrey is brought back to Anniston, Alabama. Mm -hmm. And this time, her bond was set at $320,000, which okay. currently would be about $800,000. Um, gotcha. And this time... No one came forward to help her pay that off, so... <laughs> yeah, I, you know, there's, there is a point where charity tends to run out. <laughs> it's, yes. It's, yeah, after you kill your husband and fake your own death, that... The well right. starts to run dry. Yeah. Alright, so on June 8th of 1983, Audrey is convicted and sentenced to life in prison for her husband's murder... Plus an additional 20 years for her daughter's attempted murder. Good. So, yeah. Yeah. On June 9th, uh, Audrey is sent to Tutwiler uh, State Women's Prison in Wetumpka, Alabama. Okay. Go with that. Sure. So she was initially classified as a medium security prisoner and given a job as a data processor. I'm not sure... Why someone who had already run away once was considered medium security, but what do I know? I guess just level of, like, risk, you know? Mm, she already proved to be a flight risk. I don't know. Yeah, flight risk, but maybe not a violent risk, so they just, they were like, she won't do it again. <laughs> well. I mean. I'm glad they had faith in her. I mean. They, they put Bundy on low security. Okay, well, alright. <laughs> That's how he escaped. Yeah. 
the first time. <laughs> or maybe it was the second time, I don't remember, but yeah. yeah. Sometimes, you know, there are lapses in judgment. Yeah, I suppose so. Um, so, while she was there, she was a quiet model prisoner. She was well-behaved. Mm-hmm. Um, in 1985, uh, Audrey was reclassified as a minimum security prisoner, Despite reports that she constantly talked of escape and had apparently made plans for escape. <laughs> okay. I mean, <laughs> you know, talk is one thing, I guess. <laughs> Just, uh, yeah. But, I, yeah, maybe. Talk is cheap, right? Yeah, maybe keep an eye on her. Once again, she had already taken flight once. I don't know why they were willing to take that risk again. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so, on top of being minimum, minimum security uh, with her threats and plans, um, minimum security prisoners were also eligible for passes to leave the prison. Okay. <laughs> so, in late 1986, it was in 1985 that she was a medium... Uh, or reclassified to minimum minimum security. Mm -hmm. God, I wish I could speak. Um, so now it's it's late 1986, and Audrey's 1st eight hour pass was approved. Okay. She I... returns to the prison prison with no issues. She does return. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That's she was. That's what you want to do, you know. Get, right. Get yeah. in good faith and then yeah, escape. Yeah, yeah. Put a you know a low. Put them on low guard, right? Yeah, exactly. Because the uh, first time so, you go out's the the time where they're watching you, and then right, right, they ease up. Yeah. Um. So she also didn't cause any issues with the three other eight-hour passes she got, either. Mm -hmm. So she had a total of four eight-hour passes that she returned to the prison successfully. Did mm -hmm. not cause any issues. Okay. On. February 19th of 1987. Uh-oh. Audrey was given a three-day pass to visit John uh, oh. Holman, which, you know, her husband. Of course. How could I forget? Uh, is he really considered her husband if they married under her false name? I'm not sure how that works. Uh, I think so. Okay. So Just have we'll to get the them... marriage certificate edited. Edited, yeah, sure. Um, well, you know what? Then they were still married. They're yeah. still together at this point. Uh, John had actually moved to Aniston to be near Audrey. Which, this dude. while very guy. sweet, is not something I would do for someone, or my spouse, especially when I find out that they had killed their, their past spouse. Yeah, I, I mean, look. He's not the sharpest tool in the shed. No. We've been over this. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, one can only hope they have a a significant other as loyal as, as John is. Yeah. This poor dude. John deserved better. He than did. Than Audrey. He does. The husband killer. And attempted child killer as well. Yeah, yeah. So... <sighs> All right, John. John's here, being John. Mm -hmm. Um, 
So Audrey leaves on this, this three-day pass, um, and her and John spend the weekend together in a hotel in Anniston, which, mm-hmm. if John moved to the area, I'm not sure why they didn't spend the weekend together at the house, but maybe they had to spend it at the hotel for a, you know, a, so it could be guarded or something like that, right? She couldn't just flee as right. easily. I don't yeah. know. Um... So, on the Sunday of their weekend pass, um, Mm -hmm. Audrey told John that she was going to visit her parents' graves, and she would meet him at 10 a.m. at a local restaurant. Okay. Uh, obviously, Audrey didn't show up at the agreed time. So, John. John, bless his heart... Uh, returned to the hotel room and found a note from Audrey that read, I hope you will be able to forgive me. I'm getting ready to leave. It will be best for everybody. We'll be together again. Please give me an hour to get out of town. Okay. What did (laughs) John do? Well, got a little bit more of the note. I'm not reading it verbatim, but... Uh, the note did go on to say that a man named Walter was taking her out of town and that she would fly to Canada and contact John later. So she did want to maintain contact with John, apparently. Mm-hmm. Again, if I was in his shoes, I don't know if I'd want to be in contact with someone who murdered their spouse. <laughs> yeah, but, I mean. You know. You know. The heart wants what the heart wants, I suppose. That's right. right. So, fortunately, with uh, what seems to be the one brain cell that John has, he does contact the sheriff. That's my boy. Finally. <laughs> Finally. He, he was woken up from his, yes. his punch-drunk love. <laughs> oh, so, um... But given her, her history, the authorities did believe that she had a well-crafted plan and escaped the state quickly. I mean, I should... Not that not I should hope, but I... I doubt it. Uh, right. Knowing that what we do about her and her just leaving evidence willy-nilly and such, I'm not quite yeah. sure why the police thought she had anything well-planned. I mean, knowing Audrey, I, I would have imagined her being like in her note to John being like, I'm going to this address in this state. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, she did say she was going to Canada and Walter was taking her out of Anniston or Alabama. Right. So, (laughs) um, well, whatever. Uh, so skipping on to February 26th of 1987, uh, Audrey is found by the police, uh, unconscious Uh on a back porch in Anniston. So she did not get out of town. Okay. Um, apparently, Walter just dropped her in the woods because she spent four days in the woods where it had been in the 40s and rainy. So okay. she was so. not doing so hot. So she was brought to the right. hospital for treatment for hypothermia, um, uh-huh. which she was still unconscious at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, at some point, she suffers from cardiopulmonary arrest. Mm. And is, yep, that's heart stopping. Um, and she was declared dead at five oh six p.m. Central Standard Time. 
Wait. She was 54. She died. She died. She died. <laughs> Surprise. She's dead. I don't think she ever woke up. So I suppose her last memories would be stumbling onto a porch somewhere in Aniston and passing the hell out. Oh, that's so, that's so, that's, that's so, that's, that's, that's very, like, a high school play, like, oh man, it's due tomorrow, we gotta wrap this up quick. Yep. yep. <laughs> they, uh, they realized that they needed to, to get to the end real fast, so, oh, she, uh, she dies. <laughs> Yeah, so I walked out of the woods four days, uh, curled up on a porch and died. I, I don't yeah. know. I, I, I send it. Submit it. <laughs> Good enough. We'll, we'll edit it later. Yeah. <laughs> but it doesn't get edited. She died. <laughs> that's so... That's so dumb. Yep. <laughs> but... I'm not sure I would want her to go out any other way. <laughs> you know, it, it's so dumb, but <laughs> it is, it is, it's weirdly fitting for, for, yeah. for old Audrey to, yeah. <laughs> to go out that way. Yep. Oh my God. That's... <laughs> <laughs> I assume that John was heartbroken. <laughs> Of course he was. Unless he was actually just done with her shit. <laughs> Which, to be fair, I definitely would have been I hope long so. before he was. I hope if so. If he ever was. Yeah. <sighs> oh, goodness. So, to wrap this up, on February 28th of 1987, uh, Audrey's children bury her beside Frank, her husband, who she had murdered. <laughs> I'm sure he loved that. If I get married to someone mm -hmm. and they kill me, I want their remains as far away from mine as conceivably possible. Just send them to space or send me to space. Send someone to space so that I am not anywhere near them. Yeah, I... I mean, maybe it was like, oh, you know, there are parents, because, you know, those were the two birth parents for the children, so maybe, like... Mm, I, I don't mean... know, because, well, well, think about it, you know, if if mom murdered dad, uh -huh. I think it would be in bad taste to bury them together. <laughs> well, I mean, also, almost murdered her as well. The yeah, daughter. almost murdered the daughter. And while I could potentially see the son, who was, you know, right. one of the clergy. Yeah, yeah forgiveness. Men of the cloth, yeah. I'm not sure why the daughter did. Assuming the daughter did. I'm not right. sure. Like, maybe, I'm not sure what happened to son. her after... Right, I'm not sure what happened to her after the hospitalization. I tried to look, could yeah. not find anything about her. She did have severe issues um yeah I, I i was 
curious about that, and I, I was yeah. I was curious if you knew how she was no. faring, because I imagine having 50 times the arsenic level in your system could do some serious, like, permanent damage. Not good. I mean, even at the, the time, like I said earlier, she was suffering from, like, her fingers are numb and stuff. She had foot droop. Right, she had, yeah. like, nerve issues. So... I'm not sure if they were able to clear that up or if she she had to live with that, mm -hmm. how she was faring after that. I could not find her. Um, I believe I found the son, and if so, then it seemed like he was still um, still a minister, still part of the faith. So mm -hmm. he didn't lose his faith as any part of this, which That's is good. good. Yeah. Um, either a... that or there is another priest who has the same name as him. Right. Um, but... Potentially likey, likely, but hopefully, you never know. Ho hopefully, hopefully. He's he stuck with it. That's, yeah. you know, that's a good thing. It's, it takes a strong person to to stick with something like that after that kind of stuff happens. Which, in fairness, he, he wasn't, he, he got the the least of it, you know. But Right, it's true. But still, I mean, that's, that's a lot. It is a lot. It's. A hell of a lot. <laughs> so, I mean, he, he... He may have been the one to bury her, to, to have her buried there. Mm hmm And the daughter was just like, do what you want. Yeah. But, I'm, yeah. You know, assuming that John wasn't just tired of all this at this point, <laughs> I'm a little surprised that he didn't try to get yeah, her remains I, or anything like that. I mean, I... John deserves much better, but he does. if if he had, you know, if if she had gotten a plot next to where John was going to be buried, I think that'd be much nicer. Did she mm -hmm. deserve to be next to John? No, but no. I don't think Frank deserved to be next to her. <laughs> no, exactly. They should have just like uh, buried her in the woods that she froze to death. <laughs> yeah, that's the most fitting ending yeah. for her. I mean, um, but I don't know. I hope that John found another woman who was much better for him. I hope so. Uh, he I hope go ahead. He deserves someone who can <laughs> gives him the respect he deserves. Yeah. This poor dude. Doesn't murder other people. Yeah. Or fake their own deaths and then come back six months later as their twin sister. Not even six months, I think. Yeah. But that... <laughs> so I hope John found someone better. I hope Carol uh, was able to recover yes. even just the slightest bit and she yeah. could live her life to the fullest. Hopefully. Um, hopefully. I guess that's all I really have to hope for here because, mm. you know, it seems like if, if this Michael was the Michael that I found, then he seemed to be doing all right. And there's... Not a whole lot of other people left in this story to, to think about, so. <laughs> that is true. That, that is true. Uh, do you have any other information? Anything else? I think that's all I have. All right. Well, we'll wrap it up there. The, 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 the wild and crazy life and death of uh, Audrey... Marie Hilly. Is that that's her name, right? Yes, Audrey Marie Hilly. Cool. Uh So, uh next week, uh we'll be covering Alaska, right? Yes. Yes. 
And that one is unsolved. So okay. I'll go ahead and give a little teaser for that. <laughs> right. Okay, so that is one state down. Mm-hmm. 49 to go. We'll get there eventually. We'll get there. We'll get there. But thanks for listening. Uh, we'll see you next week, hopefully. Hopefully. Uh, stay safe. Stay safe, everyone. See you next time. We'll see you then.